Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers did something the prior 138 teams had failed to do. They fell behind 27 points and came back and win. They're third straight now. Uh, they have, wow, I, wow. The Lakers beat the Dallas Mavericks in Dallas 111-108 despite starting 0-15 from three, again, falling behind by 27 points. And, you know, looking just kind of overall pretty meh. And it was it was actually particularly uninspiring because this was a situation with all of the teams ahead of the Lakers having lost at least one game recently. The Lakers have been making some some ground up uh, while they haven't been active the last couple days. And and you figured, okay, this is an opportunity. You really come in here and, and you can really get things going uh, or, or not even get things going, but keep things going in the right direction. And yeah, it, it the first half, the first quarter was just kind of a disaster. And then, you know, the end of the second was was you know, kind of made you raise your, raise your eyebrow. Uh, they trimmed that 27-point lead. I remember Darvin Ham saying to the team, hey, let's get this thing below 20 uh, before the half. They entered halftime down 14. And then I remember in the third quarter, I just went into it thinking, hey, get this thing to single digits before it gets to the fourth quarter, and then anything can happen. And they outscored uh, Dallas, the Lakers did, 31-20, to 20, which meant that it was only a three-point game heading into the fourth, and it was really anybody's game, and the Lakers had all of the momentum. And, you know, from that point forward, it was basically, you know, teams taking turns, hitting, you know, big shot after big shot, turned into a great game uh, that had everything. And, yeah, it was it was a spectacular win um, in its own right, right? A, a The kind of performance that no other team had been able to pull off uh, before them, again, teams previously who held a 27 or 27 point lead before that were 138 and O and the Lakers this time make that 138 and one. So huge gutty performance there by everybody up and down the roster, but a few players in particular really stood out. I want to start with Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, this is a player who didn't exactly, you know, he wasn't the centerpiece of the the Russell Westbrook trade. Uh, he was, originally, the Jazz were kind of telling teams that if they wanted Vanderbilt, it was going to cost a first rounder on, on its own, and then it was going to cost another first rounder on its own to get uh, Malik Beasley, and, and so on and so forth. And the Lakers were able to move Russ and bring in D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt uh, for just the single first-round pick, and uh, and and look, I I think I think it was extra second rounders too. But regardless, it was a monster of a deal that the Lakers absolutely had to make, and has really completely changed the course of this season. The Lakers are playing with real purpose. Uh, they have showcased the margin for error that they didn't have before that they do have now remember in this one d'angelo russell didn't play because of the sprained ankle uh lebron was kind of hobbled for much of the second half or so uh ad wasn't really himself at the beginning of the game and again they started over 15 from three-point range so you would think 
all of that going against you, no chance whatsoever that you were even competitive, uh, let alone able to pull off a win. And I don't think, or it's not even, I don't think this is objectively true. They do not win this game without Jared Vanderbilt. He played incredible defense on Luka Doncic, um, made him kind of uncomfortable and kind of frustrated for most of the game, was huge with rebounds and, and loose balls and hustle plays. Anthony Davis said after the game that uh, Vanderbilt really kind of set the tone and got everybody really turned up on defense. AD's words, not mine. And, and yeah, it was, it was clear that, and, and by the way, uh, the numbers really kind of back up the, the night that Vanderbilt had, you're looking at 27 minutes of great defense on Luca, uh, Vanderbilt finishes the game a plus 14. Uh, and you guys always know what I say here. If you have a plus minus higher than the final score, the Lakers win by three, he was 14 points better than, uh, that, that final number there. And, uh, yeah, he the only players with higher plus minuses than him, Malik Beasley was a plus 15, Dennis Schroeder was a plus 17, Anthony Davis was a plus 16. Everybody else uh, on the Lakers were either even or or uh, well below the neg- on, on the negative side. And he turned Luka Doncic into a negative eight player himself. So, yeah, I, I just think, and this is where... You know, you talk about the performance in, in, in a vacuum as it happened, and it was a great performance, exactly the kind of thing that you wanted to see from Vanderbilt. But I think more importantly, it gives the Lakers options that they have not had in years, plural, against bigger, stronger wings. Uh, when they play, if they play the Clippers in the playoffs, they have a potential body to throw at those two wings. They have. Uh, we just saw what Vanderbilt was able to do with Luka Doncic, and and uh, and you know Kevin Durant is now in in their division. Vanderbilt's gonna you know gives you an option there, and and nobody's gonna shut any of those guys down. That is far and away not what I'm calling for here. But he makes players work for it. You know we saw what he what he's done to uh, Brandon Ingram when when that matchup happened, uh, and and yeah, this is a a a. He's not a three and D wing. Anthony Davis said after the game that he can't shoot, and he's right. Vanderbilt does not have a jumper that is particularly nice to look at, but he is he is big, he is athletic, and and he's strong, and he knows how to use those tools and turn himself into a really good defender. So this is this is a player who should be a part of the Lakers' future moving forward. Next guy that you got to talk about here is Anthony Davis. Uh, 37 minutes on the night. This was the first game in, in a few that he had had to play more than 30 minutes. He finishes the game 30 points, 15 boards, four assists, a steal, three blocks. He was a plus 16 on the night, 12 of 20 from the field, um, six of nine from the free throw line. Uh, yeah, he was, I, I thought on a couple occasions he kind of started to float and and I was kind of nervous because in those moments in, in games past, you would see him kind of start to float, and then you weren't sure if he was ever going to re-engage. In this one, if he ever did kind of start floating, he was right back in the thick of things, either offensively or defensively. And I think really importantly here, really got active on the boards. Uh, he grabbed four offensive rebounds in this game, and was you know, the, the Dallas, since they made the Kyrie Irving trade, have been kind of a disaster. 
in, in defensively against bigs. They are, are just giving up points in the paint by the bucket load. And AD really took advantage of that. LeBron also took advantage of that. We'll talk about LeBron here in a second. But in this one, you know, AD was the matchup problem. It was the kind of game I, I did a show with my buddy Kirk for Mavs Moneyball, and I said that, you know, the matchup problem that that should present itself in this one in the Lakers' favor should be Anthony Davis. And if he plays well, that gives the Lakers a real chance. And he played well. The Lakers got a chance, and, and they were able to pull it off. All right, lastly, LeBron. Uh, and we got to see how his foot is doing. There was a really scary moment there. He goes up for kind of that floater layup in between type of play um, and and didn't I didn't really see a tweak which was what made me really nervous was oh man this is a non-contact weird kind of play uh, but you know he goes down on the, on the baseline he tells AD he tells the trainer I heard a pop and he repeated it a few times I heard it pop I heard it pop and you're sitting there and you're like all right fantastic uh, but he winds up staying in the game, and he winds up finishing the game. And I, I still think there's some concern about the way that he was moving. His lateral movement just wasn't really there. But what he did instead was, and this is what the, this is the kind of thing that he can do on a team that has more shooting, is he was able to go into the post, and you know the 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 Mavericks traded Dorian Finney-Smith as part of the Kyrie trade. And I think they really missed him. And this was another thing that I kind of told Kirk about heading into it was not having Dorian Finney-Smith in this one and not being able to help as much. Now, they were able to help more in this one because the Lakers shot the ball so poorly. But, you know, down the stretch, LeBron was able to get to the basket kind of whenever he wanted to just by being bigger and stronger and more physical than everybody else on, on the Mavericks roster and you know that was a huge that was a huge adjustment that he made. He finishes the game, twenty six points, eight rebounds, a few assists. Uh, you know he he finished with a, a steal and a block apiece, ten of twenty three from the from the floor, uh, one of six only from from three point range as he continues to kind of struggle shooting the ball. But you know this is one of those games we've seen the inverse of it where recently. You know, the Lakers haven't needed as much from LeBron and AD. Um, that's the kind of thing that you can kind of get away with in at home, in, in home games, where role players shoot better at home and, you know, stars win games on the road. And I think in this one, the stars really stepped up and, and they were able to, again, take care of business in a game that the Lakers absolutely had to have. Why did the Lakers need to have it? Well, I mean, obviously, they're still sitting in the... Uh, well, at the beginning of the at, the... at the start of the game, they were a 13 seed. Uh, but now they have moved up to uh, the 11 spot. They are tied for in the 11 spot with OKC, with Portland. They are one game back now of New Orleans. They are a game and a half back of Golden State, Utah, and Minnesota. And they are now two and a half back of the Dallas team that they just beat. They sit here with 32 losses. Everybody else in that kind of collection has either 30 or 31. And like I said, this was a situation where a lot of the work that they've needed done has been done. They've gotten a lot of help from around the league um, in terms of beating teams that you know reside a spot or two ahead of the Lakers here. And the Lakers 
have done their own work, right? They have now won three straight, and and uh, yeah, they, they they have some real momentum here. The teams ahead of them have either kind of stagnant momentum or momentum kind of going in the wrong direction. And this is really a spot where the Lakers can can make a move here, despite a tougher schedule coming out of the break than than I'm sure they would have liked to have been to, to have to look at. So, yeah, this was huge. They play Memphis again on Tuesday. This is especially big, I think. Um, one of the Kamenetsky brothers, I, I'm sorry, I didn't see, uh, I, I forget which Kamenetsky brother mentioned this, but uh, the Lakers uh, kind of sort of really needed to win this one because there's a, I would say, decent chance that LeBron misses a game or two with this foot thing. Um, they still need to see when when D'Angelo Russell might be able to come back. The good news on that front was that he went through warm-ups to try to give it a go, and you wouldn't even try to give it a go if you were kind of really down and out. So the Lakers are, are probably still going to be relatively shorthanded. So if you have the opportunity to win a game uh, where you're as close as the Lakers were late, you got to take advantage of that situation, and, and the Lakers did. And again, they sit here with 32 losses, uh, everybody else ahead of them or around them has either you know 29, 30, or 31. It's crazy. The, the Phoenix Suns are the four seed with 29 losses. The Lakers are the 11 seed right now, tied for the 11 seed with 32 losses. There is 21 games left to go here. And you think, yeah, that's, that's enough time to, to make up that amount of ground. Uh, but what it's going to take is, is health. And it's going to take, you know, the, 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 we talk about the amount of margin for error that the Lakers created for themselves at the deadline. Uh, in this case, they have no margin for error in situationally in regards to making the playoff or the play in. So huge win here. Uh, and, and they look to continue to build off of it on Tuesday. All right. That is going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers lowdown podcast. Uh, yeah. Huge win. Absolutely monster win. And, you know, I'm trying not to get ahead of myself. I'm, I'm trying to kind of stay realistic with this team. But they're showing a lot in terms of, like, the things that you need to show to be considered a, a pretty good to good team. Uh, they, I, I, I'm almost at that point where I'm willing to call them an outright good team. I think they're pretty good. Right now, I'm willing to go that far to say, like, yeah, they're they're good enough to to kind of sneak into the playoff here or the play in, whatever. Uh, I if if we keep seeing more stuff like this and they figure out ways to 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 win games, however they have to win those games, now you start moving into like good territory, and yeah, I'm 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 closer to good, I think, than I am pretty good. Holy crap, what is happening? So until the next time I talk to you guys, I'm Anthony Irwin, trying to stay cool <laughs> and failing mostly. So the next time I talk to you guys, have a good one.